Praise him. Praise him. I don't know what you come to do, but I come to praise him. For God is worthy of all praise. God is worthy of all glory. I have a right to praise him because he's been good to me. He looked me on all of my faults. He saw my knees. I got to praise him. I got to praise him. He's been so good to me. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. First, giving honor unto God, my heavenly Father, thanking Him for giving, for being with me this day. Lord God, I thank you, Lord God, for allowing me to bring forth your word. And I pray that in the name of Jesus that I decrease so that your word, your will, and your way would increase. Lord, we love you, we appreciate you, we magnify you, and we also glorify you because you're worthy of all glory all praise and all honor in the name of Jesus. Amen. In the absence of our pastor, we continue to lift up prayers for him and to him. To the associate ministers, to the queen of my life, my, my darling wife, to new mission. It's an honor to be here this morning. Our scripture reading today is found in the book of Job. In the book of Job, the first chapter, verses 13 through 22. Then I'm going to skip over to Job, the second chapter, verses 7 through 10. And it reads in our hearing, Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them. When the Sabaeans raided them and took them away, indeed they'd have killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, the fire of God fell from heaven and burnt up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was speaking, another also came and said, The Chaldeans formed three bands, raided camels, and took them away. Yes, and killed the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, 
Another also came and said, your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the oldest brother's house. And suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house. And it fell on the young people and they are dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, and fell to the ground and worshiped. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all of this, Job did not sin, nor charge God with wrong. Job chapter 2, verse 7, chapter 2, verse 7 says, So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with painful boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And he took for himself a pot share with which he scraped himself while he sat in the midst of the ashes. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God? And shall we not accept adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. You may be seated. If I was to have a title this morning, it is prepared for battle. Prepared for battle. What do you do when you get that knock at your door and you receive some disappointing news? Maybe your child didn't come home last night. Maybe there was a terrible accident and your loved one did not make it. All kinds of things are happening all around us. And it could be your life that may be impacted next. Do you have enough of the word of God in you? Do you trust God that he can handle the situation? I'm talking about being prepared for battle. I'm sure that Job did not see this here coming. But there's four times here in this here scripture that we find Job getting some disappointing news. In verse 16, it, let me take it back. In verses 14 and 15, it says that a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them. When the Sabaeans raided them and took them away, indeed they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Job is a person who had a lot of things in life. But Job did not allow those things 
to be the head of his life. Job had things in the proper order. Job was prepared for battle. In verse 16, we find that while he was still speaking, another came and said, the fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and servants and consumed them and I alone have escaped to tell you. I don't know how many times you could receive some bad news. Some of us would have said, hey, that's enough. I can't do it no more. But while he was speaking, in verse 17, another came and said, the Chaldeans formed three bands raided the camels and took them away and killed the servants with the edge of the sword and I alone have escaped to tell you. And in verse 18 it says, while he was still speaking, another came and said, your sons, he had seven of them, and your daughters, he had three of them. Ten children. They were eating and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house. And suddenly, a great wind came across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house. And it fell on the young people. And they are dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you, I don't know about you, but he has now lost his camel, his livestock. He has lost his servants, and now he has lost his children. That's a strong pill to take. I'm not talking about where there was space in between. I'm talking about when one was still talking, another came into him to give him some more disappointing news. I've never lost a child, so I can't tell you how that must feel. But I've seen the pain in a lot of people's faces when they've lost a loved one. It hurts. I know what I had to do when I was going through death that was close to me. It didn't feel good, but it didn't wave me neither because I know from whom all of my blessings come from. We see that Job arose and he tore his robe and he shaved his head and fell to the ground and he worshiped. He didn't go get a bottle at Jack Daniel. He didn't get into, woe, it's me, but he worshiped. At a time like that, Job worshiped. No matter what kind of trouble comes your way, can you worship when you get some disappointing news? And he said, naked I came 
from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all of this, Job did not sin, nor did he charge God with any wrong. Sometimes we get to that place in our lives to where we begin to feel like God is doing this unto us on purpose. And we want to charge him, Lord, why did you allow this to happen to me? I prayed for my children all the time. I gave sacrifice just in case they had sinned against you. Why is all of this coming unto me? But he did not charge God with any wrong. When things happen in your life, who do you blame? Are you looking for somebody to point the finger at and say it is your fault? Or can you worship God still? In the midst of and in spite of. We find in Job 1 and 1, a little bit about Job, it says that there was a man in the land of Oz whose name was Job, and that man was blameless, he was upright, and he was one who feared God, and he shunned evil. That tells me that Job wasn't out there doing his own thing. Job was really about the father's business. He thanked God for everything that he had. He knew where his blessings came from. And in Job 1 and 5, we see that so it was in the days of the feast, the feasting had run their course, that Job would send and sanctify them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Job did this here on a regular basis basis. We should be in prayer daily. We don't know what's going to come our way. We don't know when we're going to get that knock at the door, some bad news or some tragedy that has taken place. Can you continue to fall on your knees and give God praise and thank God? Can you tell him all about your troubles? Can you tell them about your concerns? So many of us get mad and we want to go out there and get even with the ones that have done us some wrong. That's not the way that God would have us. We find in Romans 8.31 it says, What then shall I say to these things? If God is for us, then who can be against us? In the book of Hebrews 13, 5b, it says that I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's a promise from God. He's going to always be with you. No matter what you go through, God is always going to be, God is on your side. 1 Peter 5, 6 through 8, it says that, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you 
in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, not drunk. Be sober. Be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You know, Satan had permission from God to test Job. And that's why I said Job had no clue to what was going to take place. But we have to be prepared for battle because we don't know when, we don't know where, we don't know what time that is going to take place. That was the first wave that came through Job in his disappointments. Here comes wave two. In Job chapter two, in verse seven, it says that, so Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with painful boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. I don't know how boils feel, never had them. But the Bible says they were painful. I'm sure that they knew what pain was like. So it was some painful boils. So much so that, that Job took for himself a, a pot shear with which to scrape himself while he sat in the midst of the ashes. Scraping himself of boils, painful boils. I'm sure that it was hard to even move. Just painful. And in verse 9 and 10, it says that then his wife said to him, do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God? And shall we not accept adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Amen. I want to caution you here in verse 8. I'll take back in, in verse 9. I want to caution you because a lot of times we say, wow, you mean she spoke to her husband like this? It was her husband. Do you, do you think that she was going through the same thing that Job was going through? See, it wasn't only Job that lost a lot of his livestock. It wasn't only Job that lost his servants. But now, here it is. Her husband has been stricken with some painful boils. How do you think that she must have felt? We're quick to blame people for this, that, and the other. But she was going through it, too. And maybe this was her way of just letting it out. We have to sometimes... When our mate is in pain because of something that we're going through, we have to understand them, lend some understanding. They go through the same thing that we go through. So don't be so critical of Job's wife because we just don't know what her mindset was at that point in time. But it could be that that pain of her husband, that the pain of the loss of her, all of her children, 
She was the mother of these children. She gave birth to these children. All ten of them are gone. All ten. Not one, not two, but ten. That's a tough one to handle. I don't know how they even made it through. But God. But God. It has to be the only way to make it through a situation like that. They had a but God experience. In Romans 8, 37 and 39, it says that yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am persuaded. I am persuaded. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Sometimes you have to have a testimony. You got to know for yourself. Can't nothing separate me because God has been too good. He has blessed me too much. All that I have is because of who he is. How do we get prepared for battle? How do we get prepared for battle? In the book of Ephesians 6, 11 through 18, it says, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So there's some things that we got to do. We got to put it all on. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. It's time out for trying to get even with somebody. Just because they did my family wrong, I'm going to have to get them too. It's time out for that because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts and wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil days. And having done all to stand, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith 
with which ye will be able to quench all, not some, but all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And taking the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So how do we prepare for battle? We got to take on the word of God. We got to take some time out and talk to God. We have to let God know who we are because we haven't been good all of our lives. We all have done wrong to come short of the glory of God. We all need Christ in our lives, each and every one of us. There's none of us out here that is exempt. We all need Jesus in our lives. Oh, how I love Jesus. I just love to call upon that name. How precious is the name of Jesus. If you haven't been there, keep on waiting. Because it could be your door next. So what are you going to do to prepare yourself for battle? Now there are seven weapons of spiritual warfare. Seven weapons. The first weapon is the word of God. Amen. Ephesians 6 and 17, it tells us, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We got to know what the word of God says. This is our roadmap to life. This is our roadmap to life. We need to get the word in us. Two, prayer. Ephesians 6 and 18, it says that praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Be watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplications for all the saints. We need to have prayer. See, it's not good just for me to pray. We need to have even corporate prayer. prayer. We all need to come together and talk to God about these things. Our world is in a terrible situation. I'm tired of turning on the TV, hearing about somebody being on the ground and being kicked and, and, and lost their life. I'm tired of hearing those things. We need prayer. Prayer does change things. Prayer does change things. Three, worship. Second Chronicles 20, 21 and 22, it says, and when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out before the army, and were saying, praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. See, we don't always have to have musical instruments to get into our praise. We're talking about the type of praise to where you can't come in, where you're not able to get into the house, that you're on your job and you need to have some prayer time. You need to be able to worship God. 
You need, you need to, because there's somebody that may have gotten on your nerves. There may have just been somebody who's talked about you. Yeah. See, Job had some people that even talked about him. His friends talked about him bad. But Job did not lose his faith in God. Did not lose his faith in God. He didn't have to let his hair down and get busy with them. He worshiped the God that he served. So you have to worship. Now when they begin to sing, this is Chronicles, uh, the 22nd verse of that, what it says, now when they began to sing and praise the Lord, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were all defeated. Don't you know you have power? Don't you know there's power in Jesus' name? He will fight your battles for you. You don't have to fight your battles. He will fight your battles for you. For the name of Jesus. Philippians 2, 9 through 11, it says, Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Of those in heaven and those on earth and under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus Christ is Lord. And in doing all of this, there's going to be some times that we have to get by ourselves and start fasting. We're talking about doing some battle here. There's going to be some times you have to push away from maybe it's food, maybe it's the TV. I don't know what it is that you can give up in order to fast so that God can speak to you personally. Daniel 9 and 3, it says that, Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make request by prayer and supplication with fasting. With fasting. We have to spend some time with God. Six, we have to have a testimony. Revelations 12, 11a, it says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. I love to talk about how good God's been to me. I don't know about you. I don't care who, who don't want to hear it, but God's been too good to me for me to keep my mouth shut. I got a testimony. Somebody will hear your testimony, and sometimes you're wondering, did they really hear me? You continue to let your light shine before men and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Share your testimony. Let people know what God has done for you. Let them know how, what God has brought you through. Yes, Share your testimony. Yes, and seven, give thanks. Yes, give thanks. Oh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, it says, 
Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So we have to be able to give thanks. When I think about what God has done for each and every one of us, he gave his only begotten son. Now that's something to be thankful about. Because I don't have to worry about paying that penalty of sin because he paid it for me on the cross. I'm thankful. He didn't have to do it, but he did. He didn't only do it for me, but he did it for you too. We need to give God praise for all that he has done. Jesus came down from heaven. Down here to earth. They talked about him. They beat him. He was beaten beyond recognition. They hung him on that old rugged cross. An open chain. They hung him out there for you and for me. They pierced him in the side. They put a thorny crown upon his head. They mocked him. They spat upon him. And you think you're going through something? Jesus paid the price for you and I. He didn't say that that's too much. He paid the price for you and for me. And I thank God for the price that he paid out on Calvary. But the nice thing that I like about Calvary, they thought that they had done him in. My Bible tells me that he was there on Friday and nothing was happening. He was there all day on Saturday. Still, nothing was happening. But early, early on Sunday morning, he got up. He got up. And he did have all power, all power, all power in heaven and in earth is in my hand. Now, he sits at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you and for me. Being that he got up, you can get up. No matter what may happen in your life, you can get up. You don't have to stay down. God's been good to you. Get up. Get up. Give God praise. Give God praise. God's been good to you. He brought you from a mighty long way. Our God is able. If he did it back then, he will do it again. He will do it again. I pray. I pray that we get right with God and that we do it right now. Tomorrow's not even promised. I'm sure that Job and his wife thought that maybe tomorrow, but no, tomorrow's not promised. Who told you that you're gonna be here tomorrow? 
There's no guarantee of that. But I'm so glad. If I'm not here at New Mission, that I got a home in glory. They said that in my father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would not have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, there ye may be also. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Prepared for battle.